Sunday night, 7 o'clock. Time for the sports phone. Jim with the happy trigger finger on the music today. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the sports phone here on KZYX. Uh, Jerry in the studio. Or excuse me, I am not in the studio. That's that's I'm not true at all. Jim is in the studio. I'm thrown off because you started the music too early. Everything's out of whack already. <laughs> uh, Jerry in Portland. Jim in the studio. Jim, happy Sunday. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. You know, we, we forgot to say I want to get one piece of business right out of the way real quick. Okay. Unbelievable showing, record-setting showing. We like records here. You like stats. You like records. We all like records, especially when we break break one. Big, I, I think it's the best fundraiser ever, KZYX. KZYX is moving to 390 West Clay Street. We raised $150,000 in 10 days, I think, and... Um, it's just uh, we're moving. We're, yeah. we're moving forward. That's all I got to say. Yeah. So, Jim, I think our I think our pre-show segments have been lacking a little bit. Yeah. Over the last over the last couple of weeks, I unfortunately really don't have much today uh, <laughs> to to add to it. I will say, because um, we we use weather sometimes. This was the first like really muggy day in Oregon that uh. that I felt. Like I was out taking a run, and I I felt like it was only 62, 63 degrees, but it felt really heavy outside. So it's kind of like a reminder of what's coming during the summer. But other than that, I got nothing. I, I thought I would have something to add for a pre-show segment, but uh, or like a pre-sports segment. But I, I I'm out of I'm out of ideas. I got nothing for this week. Yeah, well, um, started making smoothies. I guess I guess oh, that's, that's a thing, right? You started making smoothies like Breakfast of Champions. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little. little it's the new. Fruit. It's the new age. It's your. With, with, with my generation, they they put, you know, they put uh, famous athletes on on Wheaties boxes, and no. and they were the Breakfast of Champions. I think your generation's smoothies are the Breakfast of Champions. Yeah, a little frozen fruit, a little yogurt, some milk. It's it's quite tasty. A lot a lot of options. It's it's good stuff. It's it's a good way to start the day. So welcome everybody to the sports the sports phone here on KZYX. Hope everyone is having an excellent Sunday evening. If you are new to the sports phone, very simply put, this is an open forum sports talk show. Uh, Jim and I are here as sports fans, previous or former athletes, current coaches. Uh, we are here to talk and enjoy about uh, in sports, and we like to open up the phone lines once a week to let you, the KZYX listening community, be part of the conversation. Anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports, you can give us a call at 707-895-2448. The, the subjects are totally up to you, as long as it is sports-related in some way, shape, or form. Jim and I want to hear about it. The number to call again to do that is 707-895-2448. Give us a call if you've got anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports I mean, I'll, Jim. Say, I'll say the uh i'll say right now that the um phone lines are open 707-895-2448 yeah. you don't even have to donate money you can yeah. just call up and talk sports we got yeah. a phone call hello you're on the air all right mendo jim this is is this jj burner yes sir oh <laughs> jerry we have a special guest um <laughs> And, and you know, I was so nervous about this, Jerry, that that I I talked to the to the program director. I said, "I got this friend. He, he's got this unbelievable best rock show I've ever heard. It's on K Mud. 
you know, so I, I'm telling, am I allowed to talk about it? You know, it's like, <laughs> we're sort of new to this, Burner. And every day on my way home from work on Mondays, J.J. Burner has the rock on. And it's just, Jer, it's, you would love it. It's got every era of rock from 70s to 90s to 2000s. Uh, and uh, I said he ought to call and we can talk about each other's show real quick. <laughs> yeah, or some sports. <laughs> what do you got for us? Give us something in sports. Something that, with rock and sports. Well, gosh, I, I, you got me there. Um, <laughs> all I can tell you is that at my age, I'm 65 years old, and uh, I grew up in the Bay Area, and so uh, I was always a Giants fan and a 49ers fan oh, yeah. and the Raiders. Um, I wasn't that much into the A's that much. But um, as far as sports is concerned, and then uh, then I got into motorcycles, and then I got into car racing, and you know I became a gearhead, and so that that's the sports that I, I basically watch a lot of now is motorsports, um, oh. along with you know my rock and roll because I did grow up in the Bay Area, and I got to listen to all the great great rock and roll radio stations in the San Francisco Bay Area in the '60s and '70s. So uh, that's kind of what got me. Uh, where I'm at now. Wow. Well, that's, you know, that's your history with sports. I mean, I remember when the Grateful Dead sang the, Jer the Grateful Dead once sang a cappella, um, oh, geez, what is, uh, National Anthem before a Giants, I think it was a Giants, uh, I think it was that year of the earthquake, the Giants and, and the and the A's. Oh, yeah, yeah, Candlestick, yeah, yeah, yeah. when chunks came down. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you got any questions for Bernard, Jerry? Good old. Well, you got a great name, Jerry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, no, no. I, no, it's not as much a question. I, I just think whenever I hear about, the, the, like, Gar Garberville, K-Mud, obviously the first thing that comes to mind for me is Humboldt County. And just, I, I think it's one of those things that it's a, it's a, it's a county that's up there a little bit, but you want to talk about a a hotbed of really high quality local sports Humboldt oh, yeah. County I think is the definition of that there from the big schools all the way down to the really small ones and not just in one sport that's just an area including Humboldt State that just breathes sports and is really competitive in everything they do and that's that was one thing I always appreciated about going up there for camps and stuff was just to realize like Humboldt County was my first exposure, really, to, oh, there's a sports world outside of Mendocino Point Arena, Anderson Valley, and Fort Bragg. Like that, that was my first realization of there's really, really good sports out in the world that I had never seen before. Jer was, oh. Jer was doing the, uh, the stats. I'm glad we moved this segment. We, we got the, this is a pretty good lead-in to what, we what you were going to talk about, Jer. Yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, you just take the small schools. You take South Fork, Ferndale. And let's give give St. Bernard's their credit. That school's yeah. got under 100 kids. You take those three, they're dominating the playoffs every year. Yeah. You, yeah. Got, you got kids up there, Bernard? They go to high school? No, mine are already graduated. I, uh, my kids were born in 85 and 90. So <laughs> So do they go to the Bay Area or do they? they? Oh, no, they all went to South Fork. Yeah, both of them went to South Fork. I had two girls, and uh, both of them went in. What, the, the closest any of them got to sports was my uh, youngest daughter became a cheerleader for the for the Cubs. <laughs> and I, I think I think for me, like the pinnacle of Humboldt County competitiveness in sports, and I don't remember the year, but there was a year I th where Ferndale 
which I think is like close to 100 students, maybe a little bit over, but they were playing up two divisions in football against like <laughs> That's right. huge schools. And they were like a top four seed, I think, that year. And they were competitive. It's like that's oh, – that yeah. was – I remember seeing that. It's like there, there's the example of it, the, yeah. the, 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 the best I could think of. Exactly, yeah. Ferndale's always had a good team. Uh, you know, McKinleyville. Uh, yeah. Even Hoopa up there. I mean, there, it's a big mm-hmm. – you know, there is a lot of sports, you know, and I mean, it's not just uh, baseball, football. I mean, they do golf. They they do, yeah. you know, there's there's all the clubs that they do at uh, and the track and field and, and all the running. And, uh, you know, they always show it on the local news here and there. And I always try to keep up on everybody and how they're doing, you know. 707-895-2448. Hey, and congratu- congratulations on your guys' fundraising for the new building. My gosh, that's fantastic. All you... <laughs> KZYX listeners down there contributing. That's that's just awesome. Community radio is where it's at. Public broadcasting. That's just awesome. I'm I'm so happy for you guys down there in Mendo. You know, I, I did realize, um, Jerry. I don't think I ever told you this, but when I was coming home one day, dreading having to pitch um, for two weeks, yeah. <laughs> they were pitching on KMod. They were they were they were they were raising money the same week we were. It was everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I know. That ha- that tends to happen up here, <laughs> or all around the North Coast, you know. I mean, we used to have that other uh, the station up there, KHSU, you know, from the from what's now is called Cal Poly, I guess. But, um, you know, they would have their fundraisers, too. And it was uh, we were always kind of battling back and forth between those and, until they ended up going down. But um, they're on their way back, I think. So this is one. Um, Hoopas in Trinity or Humboldt? We, we were just mentioning that. They're Trinity County, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, Bernard, we're going to move on. Thank you so much for calling. We've been we've been planning on doing this. Hey, we'll ride on, and, and you guys have a great show. I'm very impressed, and uh, I mean it. You guys sound, you, Jerry, you sound like you've been in radio for years. You sound very oh, thank you. Thank professional. You. And, uh, and ride on, and I, I'm J- Jim, I love you calling in and always talking uh, about rock and roll. And, uh, and we're starting um, tomorrow. We're starting tomorrow with uh, the Rock On Quiz, Trivia Quiz. Yeah, you know, I got your email. Uh, well, we'll go through that later. But uh, anyway, it kind of came up blank. So <laughs> oh, I'm geez. not sure where we're at. You might have to try to send that to me again. Send but. me one back. See you later, Bernard. 707-895-2448. Phone lines are open. I got caught, caught by surprise with that one too, Jer. I don't believe that for a second. No, no, he said he was going to call, but I, I didn't okay. know. I didn't know it was going to be tonight. <laughs> no, no, no. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Oh, good stuff. So, on on that note, um, Jim kind of mentioned it. A uh, couple little things to to get through while we're waiting for uh, calls. Any calls to come in? Um, always, you know, one of the things Jim and I started this show all about was local schools and highlighting the local schools and, and giving them the shout outs that they deserve. Uh, so, not the most exciting thing that we're ever going to do on the sports phone here, but I do want to give some shout-outs to, to uh, some teams that have made the playoffs, uh, specifically in baseball and softball. Those are the ones that are starting up. Um, I tried to do some digging on other sports like tennis and track and field, but uh, for listeners out there, it's a little tricky to figure those ones out just because of the individual nature of it. So, if there's anyone local in, in the Mendocino County area that knows anything going on, you know, tennis or golf or you know 
track and field type things, please let us know. Um, but I just wanted to give a couple quick shout outs here. Uh, Ukiah making it in both playoff and in, in division two playoffs, which are the big schools. Those are the big, the big schools in terms of enrollment. Ukiah, the nine seed in the baseball bracket and the 16 seed, I believe in the softball bracket. Uh, so they've got some, some games coming up ahead of them as, uh, in, in the big school world. I feel like we always forget about Ukiah. They're Jerry, always I got, there, a, but they're I got just, a quick question for you. Do yeah. you think, do you think that being the 16 seed in Division Two is as brutal as being the 16 seed in Division Five? As far as where you have to go, who you're going to play, and how much I, better they're going to be than you? Or do you think it's more? Yeah, people? yeah, because I think I yeah because I think the talent level scales where like the 15 seed versus the two seed in the smallest divisions, like you know the divisions Mendocino plays in. The, the the talent gap is probably scales up and stays equal. So yeah, I think it's just as tough. It's just as for, tough for bigger yeah. schools. Yeah. Um, oh. On the Division Four baseball side, so for for listeners that, that that I may not have done a great job explaining this for, um, uh, school playoffs in California are broken out by division. Those divisions are based on school enrollment. Plus, there's a little bit of performance uh, in there as well, where if you play if you if you are a certain amount of if you have a certain amount of success in a specific division you will get moved up to a higher one a higher one meeting going from six to five or five to four four to three so on and so forth um so division five baseball these are some of the smaller schools uh cloverdale is the 13 seed they are going to head down and play university from the bay area that game will be on tuesday the 17th um, other games going on. Clear Lake High School, they've got to head down to the College of Marin on the 17th. They're going to be playing uh, the Branson School down in the oh, Bay Area. Uh, so that's, that's some Division Five uh, baseball. Jim, stop me if you've got anything you want to say at any point as we go through yeah. these. Uh, Division Four baseball, so a little bit bigger. Uh, looking around here, uh, Middletown, who we had on the show uh, last week with the head coach of Middletown Baseball, they draw the 10 seed. They're going to be heading out to Healdsburg. Uh, their game will be at 7 p.m. on the 18th, which I believe will be Wednesday. Uh, Fort Bragg draws the 14 seed. They've got to head down to, I think, the Bay Area to play St. Mary's. Uh, that is a 14 versus a 3. And then St. Helena will head out. Uh, we'll also get a home. Well, excuse me. St. Helena will get a home game on the 18th at 7 p.m. They're going to host Fortuna. Uh, well, last one for baseball, South Fork. I think I'm going to count them as part of the listening area. They get a home game against San Domenico from the Bay Area. Uh, Point Arena, the sixth seed. They'll head. They get a home game against Ferndale. Uh, that game on the 18th, as well as the South Fork game being on the 18th. Uh, Jim, anything before I quickly get through softball? No, keep going. Okay. Perfect. Uh, on the softball side of things, starting in Division uh, Four, um, I mentioned uh, Ukiah in Division Two. Cloverdale, they're the eighth seed. They're going to get a home game. They're going to host Fortuna. That will be on the seventeenth at five p.m. Um, Middletown softball, they are going to head down to Del Norte High School. That game will be on the seventeenth again at five p.m. Fort Bragg, the highest seed I was able to track down in Division Four. They're the three seed for Division Four softball. They are going to host Saint Joseph of Notre Dame. That game will be on the seventeenth at five p.m. in at Fort, Fort Bragg? Bragg High School. Wow! Yeah, in Fort Bragg. That's a good one. But 
in Fort Bragg. Uh, Division 5 softball uh, only mentions there St. Helena's the two seed. They've got a bye. They will play uh, the winner of South Fork and Redwood Christian. Clear Lake and Upper Lake both getting in. They're the three and the six seed. They will play each other uh, in the second round. Uh, they both got buys in the first round, um, and they and they got one there. And then Division Six softball. Didn't even know this was going to be a thing, but it was. Uh, Point Arena's got a game on the 17th. They're going to play Tamales, and then Laytonville and Potter Valley will play each other as well on the 17th. So uh, if you want to look at any of these brackets, you can head to CIFNCS.org. You then pick the sport, and then once you're in the sport you want to look at, uh, you can then uh, just pull up the division and take a look, and all the times and locations will be there. So a lot of local teams uh, sneaking into the playoffs uh, at all different levels. Or I guess not sneaking in, earning their bids into the playoffs. Um, so a lot of good stuff there. So if you're in any of those areas, definitely go cheer on and, and uh, take a look at the local teams. Seven Jim, that's all I got from a, from a sports standpoint. That was good. I just always chuckle when I see, you know, a 14 public going down to a, a number three or a number two seed in the Bay Area. Just like, yeah, it's, it's oh not, boy, here it's we go. not, it's not easy. It's one of those things where, and you've, you've talked about this before. I think you just have to enjoy the trip. Like you just, just enjoy that. You get to go down and ha- hang out in the Bay Area. Um, and do that kind of thing. Uh, so that's 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 I think how I've always looked at those trips where you've got a real tough game ahead of you. Just better just to you know go down and enjoy enjoy the trip. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. We're ready for any topic you want to bring up. There's our local roundup. <clears throat> I'm going to go with uh, how about a little of this day in sports, and I'm going to use that as a uh, as a lead into something I found very interesting. You ready for this? Yeah, go for it. All right, in 1896, it was the second, so that means the Kentucky Derby started in 1894. The second Kentucky Derby was won in two minutes and 38 seconds. I don't even have the name of the horse. That's not my point. In 1894, boy, that's, hmm. 1894? Oh, boy. I'm wrong with these dates. In 1894, it was the 20th. Um, Kentucky Derby, the time was 2.41. So in, in the difference between the 2nd and the 20th Kentucky Derby, the, the, it was a 3 seconds slower from the 2nd to the 20th. I'm thinking maybe it rained that day. I don't know. In 1926, yeah, in 1926, it was 2 minutes and 3 seconds, which is 35 seconds better than the 2nd. So... Wh- you know, after we just got this crazy, uh, what, last week, a week ago today, Rich Strike won the Kentucky Derby. Um, he was an 81, 80 to 1 odd, Jared. And you said, hey, you got to watch this. And you, you told me how to pull it up on my computer. And we watched it before the show last week. It was an amazing comeback. The guy was in 17th place, the horse, with like a quarter of a mile to go. And he just passed it the whole group like they were standing still. And what did you say the time was last week for Rich Stroke? Uh, it it was. I got to pull it up again here. Uh, sorry, I had it and I got to pull it up again. It was two minutes and two seconds. So again, two, two, two minutes, two seconds, and sixty-one. So of a basically, second. the same time as in nineteen twenty-six, in two thousand and twenty-two. Basically, the same time for the same distance of running. So the question I have is: Is you and I? brought this up a month or so ago 
we 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 compare the same thing on this day in sports with uh, the the first or second Boston Marathon, then the fiftieth Boston Marathon, then the hundredth Boston Marathon. Times kept were plummeting, go way down, 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 mm -hmm. down. Whereas it just looked like it never stops. You know that humans are always going to get better. My question is: after a hundred years of horse racing, why are the time is is the the weather the only thing that determines the difference? The horses aren't getting any faster, and they're not getting any slower. So, do they? Yeah. It all the reasons we gave of why people we said people train more, people eat better. Uh, people took steroids. Uh, um, I mean, uh, humans took steroids, and their times came down. Why are the horses staying equal for almost a hundred years? I, I mean, I, I'm not a horse expert by by any means. I'm also like I don't. I'm not an expert in horse anatomy or anything like that. I, I think the only <clears throat> the only like real variable with the changes with horses is the track condition, wouldn't it be like yeah, for well, horse racing? And, and, and the funny thing about that is if you look, so I, I have a list pulled up of kind of like the, the, the Derby, the Kentucky Derby winners by time. And there's track conditions get broken down into fast, good or sloppy. That's how it's, it's organized. And if you look at the top, I would want a quick scroll here. The top, like 30, it's all on fast for the track condition. And, so, it, like, I, I just don't think there's as many variables. You're not dealing with, you know, changes to equipment and changes to cleats. And I, I don't think there's as much of a, like, a nutritional thing with horses. Oh, come horses on. Just cause someone, yeah, that, that's just because someone gets new sneakers, I mean, they're knocking, we're knocking minutes. We're, we're knocking five minutes off a marathon. I guess that's a tw also a twenty-six mile race. You know, that's yeah, a, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, my answer to this would still go back to I just think that there's there hasn't been as many changes to the technology involved or the anatomy of a or not anatomy of the physical makeup of horses as compared to the the technology equipment and physical makeup of of human runners. Here's some I just think that the, the, it's been the, it's been more consistent, and when you look at the top, you know, the top five times in the Derby, it's 1973, 2001, 1964, 1985, and 1962. So it's not like the recent horses are doing any better. I will say, though, that if you go down, like, the, to the, you know, the top 50, it's it's by, like, you know, three seconds. That's the top I mean. 50 times are all broken down by, you know, three seconds. And I don't know what three seconds is in a horse race. I don't know if that's a blowout or if that's Well, close. think about how fast they're going – Hello, caller. You're on the air. <laughs> this is this is great. Um, yeah, Jerry. Three seconds is definitely a blowout. Um, that's a blowout. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're neck and neck, you're a quarter of a second apart. So three seconds, you're probably almost a horse length. You know. What's the um, miles per hour down the stretch? Well, that's a good question. I'm gonna I'm gonna guesstimate in the fifty. You think those horses are run, running fifty miles an hour? I know. Come on, Google Jerry, get on this. What's going on? What's the, uh, what's the average the, mile per hour? The top speed ever clocked for a quarter horse, which is your traditional racing horse, is fifty-five miles an hour. There you go. That's the average horse gallops at twenty-seven. I always thought the weather had a lot to do with it because uh, if his mother was a mother, his father was a mother, That's and his grandma's mother was a mother. <laughs> Once again, we can connect sports to Seinfeld. I love it. <laughs> um, you also got to look at the fact that, like, I mean, you guys have seen horses. Even a horse that's just 
out in the pasture, does that thing look out of shape? Like horses are just naturally like that's that's them. Like they're they're in shape. I don't see yeah. how you can improve that. Where the human body, the average human body is not a chiseled piece of work. So you can constantly change and alter and work harder and get stronger and get faster and and then we also have to wear the the shoes and this that and the other which can get better so of course i think the 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 marathon times are going to look exponentially better over the course compared to horse racing um i i'd be curious to see uh, i guess i was going to use automobiles or motorcycles as another example that the times probably haven't been that drastically different over the last 50 years Maybe somewhat because the bikes get lighter and, and you know, things like that. But it, it, I, I just don't see how you can improve horses' uh, I, athleticism and speed. Sure, <laughs> I mean, perfectly honest naturally. with you, Jerry. I think you could have called me on this one even pre-show. I think I jumped to conclusions. Uh, I mean, I compared it to a marathon that was 26 miles long as a horse race, <laughs> which is what? You said it was a mile and a quarter? Isn't it two and a quarter? No, it's a mile and a quarter. <laughs> so, jeez. It's a mile and a quarter, so you can improve on it that much. That's that'd be like, that'd be like yeah. for humans a hundred yard dash. I mean, right there you go, or the, or the, even the four hundred go as far as the four hundred, or even yeah. the mile, which actually the mile's been pretty drastically yeah. faster over the course of time. But huh. yeah, I mean, good 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 topic though. I mean, that's an interesting one because it is. I, I didn't expect it to be that close from the whatever the original date you, you stated was. I mean, that's definitely surprising for me. Um, Vince, let me take another one. Um, give us a call back. You got it. Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, I think there's another aspect to this that we haven't brought in yet, and that has more to do with who's allowed to run in a Boston Marathon 100 years ago. Now, if you think about horses, we've been breeding horses and traveling them around the world for a couple thousand years minimum, trying Mm. to get the best horses, the fastest horses, the strongest horses. And there has been no real block to using the best horse you could find anywhere in the world, shipping, putting it on a boat and sailing, whether it's the Spanish bringing barbs over to the Americas or, with, you know, many different, a lot of mobility of horses. Now, if you take marathons, how many Kenyans were running in the Boston Marathon a hmm. hundred years ago? That's a good question. I didn't realize. When did, when did Kenyans start dominating, Jerry? I don't know. I, I, I remember it when I was a kid, so I'd say it's in the 60s or 70s that, that um, we, we found out Kenyans could win the Boston Marathon pretty regularly. So you're talking about Kenyans, Ethiopians, yeah, right. you know, relatively small populations, exposure of whether you'd have their best runners over here doing those things. And so you would expect that as humans became more mobile around oh, the world I see, I see and people that had biological advantages are able to move to these places, then you'd expect to see big increases. Where in horses, we did that 2,000 years ago or 1,000 years ago or 500 years ago where we started, you know, putting the best mile-and-a-quarter horses in the places that wanted mile-and-a-quarter horses. And so there's a long history of that. So it has a lot to do with migration and who has access 
to the sport. The, uh, to, to put a bow on that, the first Kenyan to win the men's Boston Marathon was in 1988. Oh. Yeah, that's not very long ago to me. No, so it's not. not. No, no, no. It, yeah, relatively, yeah. It, not at all. Yeah. Wow. When I was a kid, no Kenyans were winning the Boston Marathon. Right. Oh, that's, right. that's not my point, too. Are Kenyans winning the female division of the, and, and Ethiopians winning the female division, too? Uh, yeah. So in the, for the women, yeah. the last, uh, since 2021, I'll read off 2021 to 2011. The winner, the winner was Kenya, Ethiopia, the United States, Kenya, Ethiopia, Kenya, Ethiopia, Kenya, Kenya, Kenya. In the women? <laughs> in the women, yeah. Read the same thing for men. This is fascinating. Uh, so, for, well, uh, <laughs> uh, so for the men, 21 to 2011, Kenya, Kenya, Japan, Kenya, Ethiopia, Ethiopia, United States, wow. Ethiopia, Kenya, Kenya. I had no idea, really. I, I didn't no. realize that was that dominant. Hmm. Thanks for the call. That, that you, uh, you opened my eyes on that one. So, so we lost that call, Jerry. I think he was done. Um, so is he, is he saying we, we ship the horses over on boats? Then I mean, this is way way before airplane. <laughs> Sorry. Quick quick follow up to that. Uh, <laughs> if you want to. A quick follow up to that: the, the 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 one from the United States on the men's side that won it in 2014, yeah. he immigrated from the Horn of Africa. <laughs> so, what was his you name? Know, what was his uh, name? Oh boy, uh, Meb Keflazigi. So that last ten had a bloodline from from Africa. From Africa, yeah, hmm. yeah, well, except for Japan in 2018. Seven oh seven. Eight nine five two four four eight. The lines just became open. Welcome to call. Talk about anything you want in the world of sports. Yeah. Uh, I got another one here on this day in nineteen eighty nine. I, I, I had. I should have given you this one beforehand, Jerry. You might have to do some fast typing. The U.S. Basketball League canceled their summer league. The U.S. Basketball League canceled their summer league. In 1989, how in the world have I never heard of the U.S. Basketball League? Did they play for a few years, then cancel? Or did they say they were going to play and never play? Uh, so the U.S. Basketball League, because it's funny, when I read this, I was thinking like United States Basketball. Uh, so did I. I thought it was... Oh, it was but I, I thought it was talking about like international basketball. Um the United States Basketball League, the USBL, uh, started in 1985 and was canceled or ceased operations in 2008. Uh, it was a league known for developmental players, players moving uh, to the NBA, and players going to play in Europe uh, afterwards. Um, so this was a D-League type thing for the NBA, but it wasn't owned by the NBA. Yeah. Uh, mm. Nate Archibald played in this league. Wow. Uh, Muggsy Bogues. No kidding. I'm just trying to kind of I'm picking and choosing names here. Uh, World Be Free. Um, Eddie Jordan. Yep, that's another NBA name that I recognize. Spud Webb was in this league. Oh, I had no idea all these players played. They, they... Huh. Yeah. So... It was So I, I would imagine yeah. maybe it was like they, they canceled for some reason, you know, maybe they didn't have enough players or something. You know, it's 
It's hard, yeah. hard to say. Vince is calling it the original D-League on a text. Uh, I, I, they ceased operations in 1989 uh, in order to reorganize and uh, reformat the organization. And then the, the D-League took over somehow. Well, they resumed in 1990, and they went up to 2008. Hello, Carl. You're on the air. Hello again, guys. How are we doing? I'm doing, doing good. I'm doing an introduction. So... Where, where, Jerry and Jim, do you guys stand on the uh, name, image, and likeness for college athletes? Um, I want to jump into this a little bit. We haven't talked about this topic at all. It's starting to gain yeah. a little bit of, of uh, issues and headway here. Um, so maybe, Jerry, give a little... Uh, in, in, introduce you know. this topic, Jerry. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. So, so, so name, image, image, and likeness, um, this, this phrase... NIL, did they, how long, how, when was the first time this came up, Vince? Because you know this, I think you know this story a little bit better than me just because you follow college football closer than I do. Was this like three years ago that this NI, the phrase NIL started getting thrown around? I never heard it until this year. No, I think, Jerry, it was because I was a big, uh, uh, I'm not a big video game guy, but the ones I did like was, was like Madden. Right, and right, right, right. Sports, college, college football. And I I think, I want to say, I mean, that, that EA Sports College Football Edition has been non-existent right. for over 10 years for about 10 years yeah. and that was when i originally heard name image likeness and that's why they had to get rid of it because they were using the players in college their image and their likeness not their name but their image and their likeness and you know ea sports is banking billions of dollers off of this video right. game can, can you hold and on right. so, so, you so hold on a second yeah. vince Jer, go back and introduce this topic. I, some people have no right, idea I, what you're talking about. I, I know, and that, and that's why I was trying to set the table for like how long ago this first came up. Okay, I, I was still going to, yeah. So, so the the general idea, if, if you've never heard of name, image, likeness, or, or NIL, is it's what has been proposed to compensate college athletes so they can make money off of those exact three things off of their name off of their image and their likeness because you can't you can't pay an amateur a salary or something right so the solution to that sorry go ahead jim sponsorship for college players is that a fair statement basically yeah yeah yes that yeah sure um so now what you see is especially in college football and i would imagine college basketball is the one behind that on the men's side is players are now committing to a school and they are signing name image likeness deals worth x amount of money so they are going to get paid off of certain things that are going to use their name image and likeness i also believe and this is where it's i don't know the ins and outs of this a ton that the schools are not the ones that they're signing the deals with the players are signing the deals with boosters is that correct yeah yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like like the big the big one right now. I think it's called brand or something like that. It's it's almost like a um, an, an agent, like you know, like a sports agent, and it's like a, a marketing team, and right. they are there to help you because you got to figure now it's not just the video game. It's using your image and likeness on social media and this yep. that, and the other, and getting like you know. Uh, um, subscribers to like a site to, to, to see your highlights or whatever. Like it's, it's, it's all so many things you can do now that you can, you know, use your image and your likeness, your name to generate your brand. All right. So let's, let, let, let me jump in. So, um, 
there's some a generational aspect to this argument as well and i brought it up with, yeah. with my mom which is obviously a generation uh, ahead of me and her basic point was and i've heard this argument from, from mostly that generation is they're getting a free education the school is providing them everything from uniforms to travel the ncaa is paying for everything they're getting a free education in exchange for playing. Why should they be able to promote themselves? They, they, should, they should not be able to do that until they're professional. Th that, that's an I argument I've heard, well, from yeah. my mother. Yeah, and I think that argument has, has merit. The problem is, is other people were making tons of money off of these individuals, and which, which in a way is like completely outside of the sports they're playing and the college they're going to. It's another entity using their image, their likeness, and making tons of money off of it. And and there's there's rights to that, I guess. You know, that's kind of the argument. You know, opposite of you know now now it's impacting the schools and and all that other stuff, the the, the scholarships and things. So that's where the argument's getting kind of tricky. The last this last six months, there's been a lot of stuff popping up about this. 707-895-2448. Give us a call if you want to jump in here. Jerry, you go. Well, I, so Vince, to answer your question, what I think about it, like what the original question was, I think it's really good that college athletes are going to get compensated for schools making money off of them because that's really what this is. This, what is this comes down to. I think the, the, the where, where I just get really frustrated with the thing of, oh, well, they're getting an education and this and that is, first of all, Division One college athletes are not going there to get an education. I, exactly. That's a, that's just a living in the clouds. Oh, they, are, they are there to play to play sports, at, especially when you're talking about basketball and football. Well, I, so and, have you have you seen now where this is leading? And football, of course, is the, is the leader of this. But right, like college football wants to break away from the NCAA and right. basically be its own entity. Really, which is basically a minor league for the NFL. Right. The, wow. the problem right. with this that that I and this is just me regurgitating some stuff I've heard from from like national sports co coverage, but I think it's accurate. Is that the problem that that has happened with this is there's no regulating it right now. Where there's yeah. the NCAA either didn't think it was going to happen or they just weren't prepared for it, and so there's no rules in terms of like how much you can offer players with these NIL deals. So it's just it's added this whole other variable to recruiting where. If, the, if a school can offer a player $30 million and the other school can only offer them $2 million, that's a yeah. new element of recruiting. And so the biggest thing that I've been surprised by with this, the little I follow it because I don't follow college football very closely, is the lack of regulation and the lack of it, the NCAA seeming to be prepared for it because there's no rules yeah. right now. Anyone can give anybody whatever amount of money they want. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. What, what do you mean the... College football is considering breaking away. Now, college football is run by the NCAA, like all the other. Are you saying there's a group of people that want to start an NFL D-League and they're going to... Well, it's, it's not called that, but it's, it's the Power Five conferences, the Pac-12, the oh, SEC, I see. the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12 have, have, have bantered about creating their own league, basically a club separate from the NCAA and coming up with their own 
format, their own rules, their own whatever. You know, it'd be pretty similar, I'm sure. But yeah, they're 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 considering that because of this now influx of extra. How do you recruit players with money in college football when you really can't? You know, it's it's a weird thing. So it's 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 come up recently. And the NIL thing is a big part of it. And we're and, so, and as Jerry said, we're all agreeing that they're they're not there. They're not there to get an education. Most aren't. I mean, obviously, at that level. Right. Yeah, but Jim, Jim and Jerry, you both know, if you're a Division One college football player, you're really good at what you do, but what's the percentage of chance you actually have to play in the NFL? That's right. I mean, sure. you know, so you, 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 some of those guys are going to get an education because they know they have to. I, but, sure, I would but, argue it's but, not their priority, though, Vince. Not, not at all. I agree. Yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah. Hey, can uh, <clears throat> 707-895-2448... Why we have another person on the line? Can I change the subject here? Either one of you? Oh, the the, the, the last thing I would say about it, and then then and then yeah, go ahead and change it. Is I, I think that in the end this is a good thing. I'm I think in the end it's really good that college athletes are going to get paid and are not going to sit idly by while schools make millions and millions of dollars off of them. The fact that it's unregulated right now and is kind of a mess, and that's not a great look, but in the end, this is a good thing. It's a good thing that college athletes are going to get paid. I I agree 100% with that statement. All right, here's one for you, Jerry. I know I have one. You have one. We'll see if Vince has one. Chance meetings with well-known celebrities in the sports world. Who... I challenge callers to call in, 707-895-2448. Who have you run into in the sports world? Chance meetings. My favorite one is one Jerry reminded me of before the show today, is I was windsurfing in a place called Kanaha Beach at um, on Maui, one of the great launches for windsurfing. And I was finished, and I was packing up my gear, and right next to me, uh, was Laird Hamilton getting his gear ready because he's a highly sponsored, probably the most notorious surfer in the world. I, I think in the last 30 years, that name is is out there. I know he for was... A, for a certain form of surfing. surfing There's club, always... Because I think that whenever, whenever you wave. get into the surfing thing, you have to split big wave surfing from competitive from surfing. competitive judging surfing, right. Yeah. So big yeah. wave surfing, and I think his name got synonymous with... Anyway, I was there... And I, I had been windsurfing in Maui for 25 years, and, and I, uh, on and off, and I know who Laird was. I've watched him surf Jaws when it first started. And he was getting his gear ready. And Jerry, I think you were in seventh or eighth grade, and I grabbed Jerry's fin because we had been body surfing and his gear was still <laughs> in the car. And I went over there, and Laird said, Sign Jerry's fin, go big, Jerry, something like that, Laird Hamilton. So that was, that was a great. That I'm gonna say, I'm gonna save my other one if um, see what you guys got. Uh, Vince, if you have one, go ahead, I, and then I can I can tell mine. If you don't, I'm I'm happy to tell my story. I, I, yeah, I, I, I uh, through courtesy of your of your dad, Jim, I uh, was able to go to a Pearl Jam show in Oakland a huh. few years back, probably I think 2014 or 15, and. Uh, didn't know it the entire concert, but sitting right in front of me was Tony LaRusso. Huh. Nice. Um, yeah, so, okay, okay, guys aren't big baseball guys, but, man, you know, manager, Hall of Famer. Yep. And, uh, yep. you know, so 
when he turned around to leave, I was like, oh, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> introduced myself and said, you know, I'm not – wasn't a fan of your teams, but you're a great manager or whatever. Said something stupid, and uh, so that was kind of cool. I was like, God, oh, that was neat. You know, this random moment. Oakland Coliseum. You 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 know why you saw well, him is because we had you VIP seats too. Exactly. <laughs> well, and that that's that actually leads leads to uh, I think one of the, my the more interesting parts about like chance meetings with professional athletes or you know famous you know sports people. The question is, do you engage them? Like that, that's what I think one of the interesting kind of like offshoots of that is if you see one of these people, should you engage them? And, and I don't know if there's a yes or no question to this because my, in my version of this, of this story, uh, I was at top golf with, uh, my roommate from college and his wife, and we're just hanging out, having a good time. It was a Linfield college alumni event. And in the bay next to us, there's this just massive 6-6 athlete swinging away at a golf, with a golf club perfect form on it <laughs> and and we kind of and Chad who's my roommate who's been the host of the show sometimes for people who haven't that, that might know that name mm-hmm. he kind of pulls me aside and he goes I'm like 90% sure that's Justin Herbert next to us and yeah, it nice. made so Justin Herbert's the starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers and it would make sense, you know, off season. We're all, I'm up in Oregon. He went, yeah, he went to the University of Oregon, and so it just became the next twenty minutes. Chad and I like pulling up pictures of Justin Herbert, trying to figure out if it was him. And the reason it was a little hard to determine it or not was because you don't see football players without their helmets on too often. Hey, so yeah. both both of you, I've never seen the phones ring so fast. Let's see what we got here. Okay, well, yeah. Well, so I saw Justin well, Herbert at Top Golf. That's my story. Gary. Really quick yeah. for Jerry. Oh man! No, no, Vince, go ahead. You're on. Oh, okay, uh, I think for me, like your, to answer your question, whether it's okay to engage, like Tony Larusa fell in my lap, basically, right? Like he walked right sure. into me, basically, and so I was like, I'm going to engage now. But if it was three rows over, I'm not going to go over <laughs> there and, and bother him, you know. So right. I feel like there is a yes if it feels right and it's just right there in front of you, go for it. But you know, yeah. don't. Go out of your way and annoy them, and they get that yeah. stuff all the time. Thanks, all right, Vince. Awesome stuff. I look forward to hearing people. Thanks, Vince. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yep. Yeah, go for it. So, when I was six years old, oh boy, this would have been in 1958. Okay. Um, my father won a vacation um, in the Catskills in New York at the Borscht Belt for selling the most insurance at his office in New Haven, Connecticut. And um, I was, we were at the pool and uh, Johnny Weissmuller (laughs) was um, officiating a um, swimming contest. And I was six years old and I was the only entrant in 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 the contest. (laughs) <laughs> and so I jumped in the pool and did a couple of laps, and I got a trophy from Johnny Weissmuller. <laughs> Caller, <And> it's <laughs> it's not often that a name gets thrown out in sports that I have no idea who it is. Really, I I, I had to look up who who this guy was. I had okay, no so idea that this was that this was an Olympic swimmer. Yes. So give and not only was he an Olympic swimmer, swimmer, he was a, I think a gold medal winner, and yeah. he was Tarzan for years. He was Tarzan. He played that's Tarzan. Right. 
He played Tarzan in the original Tarzan movies. Yes. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Oh, that's fantastic. Five <laughs> gold medals. Yep, five gold medals. Let's let's take another one. Okay, thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's great. Oh. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Oh, hey. I, I met uh, Joe Pepitone uh, was back in 69 or 1970 when I bought his used car. He was selling his 1967 Cat, uh, Bonneville convertible. So my immediate question is, did you know going into it that you were buying his car, or did you see like an ad for a <laughs> no, used no, car? No, no, it was just advertised. A, it was that's just fantastic. A car. It was a, a, you know, a perfect condition Bonneville convertible for sale, you know? Oh, that's great. So you and reach out, and then all Joe of a sudden Pepitone's you're buying car. Joe Pepitone's car. That's fantastic. Yeah, I lived in Chicago at the time, you know. Oh, that's he's great. He's a White Sox, you know. He's a White Sox, you know, great second baseman. Really. <laughs> that's Shortstop. a good one. Keep them coming, yeah. 707. Yeah. Hey, I, I sold that car. I bought it for like a thousand. I sold it for seven thousand dollars. <laughs> when yeah. you when you sold it, did you say you were selling Joe Pepitone's car? Well, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I was sitting, I was in Healdsburg, California. My friend and I were sitting in the Safeway parking lot drinking a quart of Coors beer. And this guy comes up to us. Oh, I want your car. I want your car. And it turns out he had a, in the 67 Bonneville convertible. This, these are, were beautiful. They, they had, you know, glass in the in windshields and air conditioning. The, the, I mean, the, the black, the back of the uh, the rear the rear uh, thing was glass instead of plastic and was mm -hmm. heated and everything. It had heated seats and air conditioning. This is <laughs> great. Anyway, and so this guy, he had a pink one. He, oh, I, I want some. And ours was baby blue with white leather interior. <laughs> and so he offered me seven thousand dollars. <laughs> I said, all right. That's a great story. That's Joe great. Pepitone Car. I got one here. Thanks for the call. All right. Thank you. The Z-Man. On text, I was walking on a new golf course following Arnold Palmer around in a tournament. <laughs> when That's out great. of nowhere, out of nowhere, while I was watching, I feel an arm come around my shoulder, and he says, How are you doing, son? I said, Just great, Mr. Palmer. <laughs> I then offered him my hand to him and watched as this five foot eight man's hand just swallowed my hand. His sums were huge. <laughs> Arnold great. Palmer. Now, does it count, Jer, if you're at a golf course and you're watching Arnold Palmer play and he sneaks up behind you? That's a chance encounter, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I count. Yeah, if 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 you weren't expecting it, yeah, I count that. Seven zero seven eight nine five. Two four four eight. Well, we could. I, we should. I have one other that. Well, I, my other one's very niche. Like I, I, I ran into. I, it, it's this will be quick because it's not a name that anyone's going to know. I don't even need to say the name. But when I, I was in, uh, I was in Anaheim for a video game convention uh, a couple years ago when I was living in Phoenix, and I was in an elevator with. One of there was a tournament going on for a, a certain game uh, that was at the convention, 
and there was a big tournament going on. And I was in an elevator with like one of the top players in that game. And that was really fun. Like, cause I play the game also. So I was able to just talk to him a little bit in the elevator. That was, that was really cool. That's my other one. So video game athlete, you know, my- but it's a, it's a good story. And I still think, or a good topic. And Jim, sorry, I wanted to again talk, like mention, I still think one of my favorite elements of this is, did you engage if you did engage with them or if you didn't, why did you choose to do that? Because I think that there's a, yeah. a lot of factors with, with that element to it. Well, the, the one I gave about Laird, if I was going to get the autograph, I had to engage him. And I also knew, you know, this guy was on his own court Sunday afternoon. He was testing out equipment. Um, right. And I, I think there's also the element with that one where that in you're you're part of a community yeah like at, at that time you were part of like a windsurfing community that even though laird hamilton was at like the at the top of that world it's still like a very tight-knit group you're right so i, I yep. so i don't think it's i don't think it'd be uncommon for people to come up and say hi to him just because you're all again in that same kind of world hello caller you're on the air hello you're on the air can you hear me Hello, caller, you're on the air. Hello. I hear something. I don't hear a voice. All right, well, give a let's call move back. On. Give a call yeah, back. Let's move on, Jim. Give us give it give us a call back, 707-895-2448. Got about seven minutes left on the sports phone here talking about chance encounters with athletes or coaches or other sports icons. Uh, you can give us a call back, 707-895-2448, or if you've got anything else you want to talk about, give us a call as long as it is related to the world of sports. Hello, call. You're on the air. Hello, this is Judy and Philo. Yep. And I was four years old in 1938, uh, <laughs> and I was playing on the, on the beach in Balboa Bay, and we were staying at the Grey Goose Hotel, and upstairs from us was... Johnny Weissmiller and some of his Hollywood buddies. Wow. And they decided to have a surfboard race across the bay to the island and back. And when they took off, Johnny Weissmiller knocked me down. And my mother was waiting for me, for him, when he got back. And he never got to stay in that hotel again. Wow. (laughs) That's great. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And and that was Tarzan. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for the call. Jerry, you realize that two calls were about Johnny Weissmuller and you'd never yeah. heard of him? And I'd never heard of this guy. I mean, I, I'm not going to be aware of, a, of swimmers from that era, but that's great. I, I love it. No, it's, yeah, I mean, they're, they're people. I think that's the thing is that they, they go out and do stuff I'm, the same way everybody else does. I'm dying, and, and I'm going to give I'm going to give one minute because I'm dying to give my other one out. And yeah, then yeah. I want to give these other people a chance. There's, there's a, one person on hold right now. Um, I'm at a Jerry Garcia show. I think a lot of people already know who I'm talking about. We're sitting in front of the soundboard. And I look behind me, and Bill Walton's sitting in the soundboard. And he comes off the soundboard and comes down and sits right next to us. That, that's, that's all I got. That's, to my, the best chance meeting I've ever had. I never said a word to him. I said, he, he needs to be by himself. Hello, call. You're on the air. Yeah, I'd like to go back to, you know, you were comparing uh, racehorses and how mm-hmm. their times haven't sped up, which is particularly fascinating because there was a case that came out recently. In fact, it was on McClatchy on May 11th, 2022, but a, a veterinarian who helped trainers win $47 million 
by using custom drugs on the racehorses. So the reason that's fascinating is because we were just talking about how the times haven't got that much better. However, so these are kind of the same drugs you give to people. You know, they have uh, EPO-type drugs, and they have particular, you know, then they have analgesics so the horse doesn't feel if it has an injury, so it'll run without that limiting it. And then they have um, drugs that uh, when a horse overexerts, it'll start bleeding into its lungs. And it's drugs that keep that from happening as much, so the horse can run faster for longer. And, you know, Santa Anita in 2019, they had 30 horses die right after races. And when the, the government was running this case, they had people in there testifying. Well, you know, they juiced it a little too much. And horses are bred to run so close to the limit of what their bodies can stand that when you mm-hmm. give them these drugs, you have a high probability of killing them. And so it, it's fascinating that that, that that must be what the difference is, is that horses have been bred for these characteristics. You know, p- people riding horses ride their horses and then the horse dies because it will just try until there's nothing left. This and is... so the drugs haven't been as effective as they are in humans, where they dramatically improve our performance, because the horses are already there, it seems. Yeah, they're already at their, their peak level. Caller, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. take one more right. call here. Thanks, we're running out of time. I appreciate that. That's a lot of information. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Uh, my story of uh, a celebrity type that goes back before your time, so you may have to look these mm-hmm. up. In 1945... Uh, while in the Coast Guard, I had to square off in a boxing um, match with a fellow named Lou Ambers, who himself was a retired uh, boxing champion. And everybody was uh, laughing at me, of course, and I looked up uh, when they quit laughing, and there in the door stood Jack Dempsey himself. And he ah. himself was laughing, wow. and he gave me a half wave and a half salute and, and went away, and that's my story. Thank you oh, for it. that. Jerry, can we take one more? Yeah, sure. I mean, you're, you're in charge. Hello, call. You're on the air. Hey, I got a, a little strange one for you. So I lived 30 in seconds. Kauai. I lived in Kauai for a bunch of years on Secret Beach. And uh, one day I'm down on Secret, and I see a, I see a very tall gentleman was a very busty lady. It was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Nice. <laughs> and, and he was down there. He lived up above Secret Beach. He had a propensity for busty ladies. And she was uh, a cover girl for one of the magazines. And he was down there, and it was predominantly a nude beach, and he was coming down to kind of a... Uh, Stop some of the neighbors. Caller, I gotta to... caller, I gotta cut you off. We're we're running out. Of, we're out of time. Jared, wind it up. Jared would stand out for sure. All right, <laughs> we're sure. gonna wrap it up here. Uh, it, we will see everybody next week. That will be May twenty second. Thanks for everyone and calling in, listening to the Sports Phone. Talk to everybody next week. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.